It's Monday, April 19th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, back from Cincinnati and uh, wrapping up a quite the unusual uh, road trip. I guess the, the Indians split the road trip, seven-game series, uh, seven-game road trip. They lost, lost four and won three. They, they found a way to lose just about every way you can on this road trip. Uh, no hitters, uh, wacky plays defensively, and, you know, then they get a, a game where they blow it in the ninth inning with a, a triple play. Just uh, just an unusual, weird uh, way to, you know, get out on the road. But then, you know, they throw Bieber out there on Sunday, and they come away with a really nice win. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I thought they showed some heart, Joe. I mean, you were in Chicago. You saw the way they bounced back after the no-hitter on Wednesday night uh, to get a 4-2 win, and, you know, that was huge. Uh, You get to split with the White Sox. Then you come to Cincinnati, and uh, they get hammered the first night in, 10-3. Then, uh, you know, they they have a triple play turned against them in the eighth inning when they're leading 2-1. They get out of that with the lead, and then – you know, uh, Josh Naylor, unfortunately, has two ground balls hit to him. He makes the first two outs to the bottom of the ninth. And then then he tr- morphs into Bill Buckner and uh, the ball goes through his legs. And, uh, you know, the game is tied and uh, they lose it in the uh, in the tenth. And but then, like you said, Bieber is their security blanket. What you, you had a great stat in there today, 17 uh-huh. Seven after a tribe loss. And when Bieber starts a game after a tribe loss in his career, 17 and seven with a 2.98 ERA. Uh, he went eight innings strong and struck out a, a season high 13. And, you know, all those, all the stat, all the, uh, the strikeout stats apply to every Bieber start. Now we're, we're watching as he, he goes for double digit strikeouts in every game and, you know, eight plus strikeouts and extending that streak. Uh, all that's, you know, sort of immaterial to, what he meant to the Indians in that moment when he, he basically stopped their, their losing streak. He's a stopper now. Yeah. I mean, you, you lose a game like Saturday and you know, it can linger. I mean, you, you, that's just, that's like a closer blowing this, you know, a blowing a save in the bottom of the ninth to me. I mean, that's, that's a devastating loss and for them to come back like they did, you know, I give them credit. Uh, that's a really good sign. Um, and uh and as Terry Francona said yesterday, it always helps to have Bieber on the mound. So, right. And you know, Joe, we we take we take these performances, you know, this consistency, you know, almost for granted, and and we shouldn't. I mean, what we're looking at here is is something special. From a 25 year old, remember Corey Kluber was, you know, 26, 27, 28 years old, older when when he was doing this at this level at this rate. Uh, back in 2015, 16, 17 uh, for the Indians. And just Bieber is so young and so composed and so together. He just, he goes out there and it's, because he has a great personality and he's he's so approachable, it's not like he's robotic like Kluber was, but he really is robotic like Kluber was. It's just automatic. You expect the same performance every time out of Shane Bieber. And you're right, we are taking it for granted uh, because right now, uh, how, how finally do we look back on that stretch from Corey Kluber and, and just remember how dominant and consistent he was? Uh, there will come a time in the next, you know, five, six years, we'll look back on this stretch of Shane Bieber and, and you know, sort of wistfully and, and think about the, the dominance that he had. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think about, 
you know, what pitchers when they get in a groove like this. And the, the guy that comes to my mind first is Cliff Lee when he won the Cy Young, I think in 2008 or 2009. And he went, you know, 21, 121 and three or 21 and seven, some ungodly stat. And every start was the same. You know, he just, he just, you know, he, he just bang, 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 bang. And then Kluber comes along after him and does that for five years, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever that, that stretch of greatness was. And now we've seen Bieber, you know, what, two years ago, he was, he was fourth in the Cy Young last year. He wins it. And this year, you know, we only saw him for 12 games last year in the 60 game sprint, but this year, you know, he's picked up right where he left off. Yeah. It's, it's like, there wasn't even an off season. He just continued what he was doing. Uh, it's, it, it's funny you mentioned Cliff Lee, the, 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 the image and the idea that comes to mind when you talk about Cliff Lee when he was winning a Cy Young was how easy you made it look. He made it look effortless. He made it look like he wasn't even throwing hard half the time. It's all those things. Shane Bieber really does pick up on that. It looks like he's giving you eight innings effortlessly. Now there's times when he has, he has traffic or, or whatever, and he has to work to get through an inning. But for the most part, how many, you know, under 10 pitch innings did he have yesterday? He, he, he really did attack these guys and uh, he's, he gets better as the game goes on. That's another theme that Terry Francona likes to, to sort of remind us about is, you know, second, third, fourth time through the lineup, he is mixing in his changeups, his slider and his curveball, which is deadly. And, and these guys don't have a clue in the box against him. And that's why you saw yesterday, uh, what, seven of his last eight outs that he recorded were, were strikeouts. And the last six guys he got out were by strikeout. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Naquin kind of got him there, and the last, his last, second last at bat hit the home run. But you're right. I mean, he just he like he got like he just came on. He said he got into a little groove at the end of the game, and a little groove is a big groove. A little groove for Bieber is a big groove for anybody else, I guess, because he just uh, dominated. He was really fun to watch, and and you're right. You know, like uh, Cliff Lee, I think for, there's something about lefties that that, you know, when, when they have that, that, that pretty motion that, that, that Lee had, uh, they just make it, it looks effortless, but from Bieber, from the right side, it, it's kind of like that as well. He, you know, he, he really, you know, that, that when you say effortless, that really kind of that game in Chicago where he went head to head with Giolito that I thought he looked so under control and just so relaxed out on the mound. Right. Yeah. And, you know, who knows one, one little thing mechanically or, you know, in a game or, or whatever might, you know, knock him off course, but he's shown the ability over time, over the last three years to, to self-correct either mid game or, you know, during a stretch of, of starts or whatever, he, he's never going to fall so far down that he can't get himself back up into whatever he needs to do. Uh, it's, it's really been impressive to watch and, you know, they can throw out all the, all the strikeout stats and all the, uh, you know, the historical perspective on what he's done. It's just fun to watch what he's doing right now. Every time, uh, every fifth day, if you're not tuning in to watch the Indians and, and Shane Bieber pitch, you're, you're, you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And it, it's really going to be interesting. Uh, you know, the rotation has been so good, but the, you know, two guys kind of stubbed their toe the last time out, you know, Logan Allen and, and Zach Plesek. And we're going to see them, you know, during this upcoming homestand. And I'm, I'm interested to see how both those guys respond, Joe. 
Right. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into, uh, you know, the upcoming games here uh, in a few minutes, but I uh, did want to mention yesterday, the way the offense sort of responded, like you said, after, uh, you know, a, a, a week where they're on the road and they're hitting into some bad luck, like you said, hitting into a triple play with runners on the corners, Freddie Rosario, they're, they're, they're hitting balls on the nose that are not dropping, but when they hit the ball on the nose and it leaves the park, uh, that's something they're doing better than anybody in baseball right now. Yeah, the, the, this is such a weird team offensively, John. <laughs> I don't know if it's just, you know, small sample side, you know, what they played, what, 13 games or whatever they are, or 15 games, I should say. And uh, they're leading the American League in home runs with 22, and they're last in the American League with a 209 batting average. You know, and 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 they're, I think they're, they're, they're like second last in um, runs scored. Se- second last in runs scored with uh, you know with uh, they're averaging 3.8 runs a game with 57 runs scored and it's just uh it, it's almost a maddening offense because you know uh <laughs> I I don't know you you know I guess this is the era of the home run but you're not going to hit five home runs every night to to win a ball game and and there has to be a little more there has to they have to get a little more something from somebody you can't just survive on home runs and we know that because you can get pitched to if that's all you do right they're uh they're turning into a three true outcomes team home run walk or strikeout and it's uh it's it's not uh that's not the way to go so this is a team that you know leads the american league in home runs uh and you know sometimes can play lackadaisical crummy defense as we saw bite them twice on the road trip with the yu chang error and the uh the josh naylor error. both times you know, those are guys playing on, really out of position uh, for the most yeah. part. Uh, they've got the best pitcher probably in the American League right now. And and yet they had two guys go out there and, you know, throw less than two innings on this road trip, uh, you know, in Zach Plesak and Logan Allen. Uh, so it, it's it, you, you describe them as feast or famine in terms of the offense, but really the whole team. It, it feels like they take one step forward, they take two steps back in some areas. Uh, and, and that's just a hallmark of a ball club that's, that's got a lot of young talent on it that needs to, needs to just get out there and play. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, um, you know, I think once, you know, they, they, they get into the, the meat of the season, I think we're going to see really what kind of team this is because they'll be playing every day. Uh, you know, every, they'll, they'll be, the the rotation will be working regularly. And, you know, and even, even with all this, you know, the, the rotation uh, is, has the second best ERA in American league next to the, uh, you behind the white Sox, you know, they're seven and five, they're starters, the white Sox starters are five and one with a 2.68. The Indians have a 3.30 ERA. Um, so it, it, and they're, I think they, they're ranked uh, maybe number one and number two in strikeouts, the White Sox and, and the Indians. So, you know, I thought what we saw in Chicago is probably what we're going to see from those two teams probably all season. All right. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates 
from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore. Indian fan, so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Okay, wanted to uh, you know just focus on two guys specifically with the Indians. Uh, Jordan Luplo, does he deserve more at bats against right-handed pitching? Uh, Terry Francona said the approach with Jordan Luplo in the past had been you know start him against a lefty, and then late in the game when the other team makes a pitching change and goes to a right-hander, you get him out of there. But now uh, Jordan Luplo has sort of proven and earned the right to to stay in the game. Uh, Tito says he's gonna he leaves him in games when when the opposition changes to a right-handed pitcher and he's gotten at bats against righties. He, he actually hit a home run against Detroit. That was uh, ruled not a home run. Uh, he got his, what was it? His first home run, I believe off of right-handed pitching in, in Cincinnati or a second. I, you know, yeah. Well, he hit one yesterday right? and that was against a righty. That was so righty. I think he's got against, he's got four home runs, two, two against lefties, two against righties. So, you know, traditionally, Luplo is a guy who whose splits have been heavily favored against lefties and, you know, not so good against righties, but he's starting to become more of a complete hitter. Uh, this is just what it, it's taken, a, you know, a couple of seasons, but this is more of what they had hoped Jordan Luplo would be. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, two things with, with Luplo, Joe. You know, he's shown he can play center field, and that's obviously, you know, an unsettled spot for the Indians. That's a plus for him. And, and uh, the second thing is, you know, he had that ankle injury early in spring training and instead of, you know, forcing his way into through it, try to play through it. He took, you know, two, three weeks off or, you know, he rested. Uh, and I think he's fully healthy coming out of, he was fully healthy coming out of camp. That's a good thing because, you know, remember last year, he basically lost the whole season because he had the back injury in, in spring training too and tried to play through it and it didn't go so well. Right. And it also helps that there there really aren't a lot of other options of guys that are, you know, performing well. The Indians did send Ben Gamble down uh, to the alternate camp when they uh, called up Sam Henches uh, for that National League series. It almost it almost wound up biting him. Uh, Tito almost got bit in, in the, the game uh, that they lost. They, they really didn't have a lot on the bench. Uh, Tito said he didn't want to use Roberto Perez because that's your catcher. You don't put your backup catcher into the game. 
just yeah. in case your your starter gets hurt. But I, you know, they were a little thin on the bench because they had had sent Gamble down, and uh, you know, there's going to be opportunities for Jordan Luplo to play a little more. I'm I'm assuming they're going to call somebody up before Tuesday's game. That that has to happen. They have to send somebody out of the bullpen and and, and bring up a, another position player. Yeah, right now you got 14 pitchers. I don't think, you, you know, Tito would love 14 pitchers, but I don't <laughs> think you can stay with that because obviously, you know, the I thought the move Saturday was to replace Naylor with Jake Bowers in the ninth inning for mm-hmm. defense. And he and Tito said he was hesitant to do that simply because what you said, Joe, they had sent out Gamble, the, 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 you know, a few hours before the game started Saturday to bring up Henkes to, uh, you know, protect the bullpen. And, uh, you know, you saw what happened. I, you know, he still, you know, he, he said he, he, he didn't feel comfortable putting Bowers in for defense, you know, just because of what happened. The game went into extra innings and right. he needed, you know, Bowers ended up pinch hitting. But, uh, you know, that's a tough spot, especially in national in the National League when you're pinch hitting for everybody. And, you if know, they had, so. had the universal DH. What the heck? Okay. <laughs> That's right. Uh, last guy I want to talk about, Emmanuel Classe. Uh, is he or isn't he, Hoinsey? What, what's, what's the deal here? He pitched in, what, three save situations over the last, you know, four games here. Uh, he's, that makes him the closer, right? I, I'm, not, I'm not reading too much into this. Tito just won't say it. Yeah, I think, I think he's the closer, Joe. You know, I think, you know, in, in Saturday's game, you know, the way it should have worked, you know, we saw the roadmap, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Tristan McKenzie goes five, you know, Shaw goes one, Whitburn goes one, Karen check goes one and class A comes in with the two, one lead. And, you know, it's supposed to slam the door. It didn't happen, but you know, he, I think he that's got three ground balls. He slammed the door. I know. I know. And, I, and I, you know, so I think, you know, that's, that's the way in a perfect, if in a, you know, in a perfect world, that's the way Tito would like the bullpen to unfold. Yeah, and, and this guy is pretty much un, undeniable in terms of what he brings. He brings something different and something special every time he comes in. He's got 101 sitting in the holster, and nobody else has that right now. And as long as he's consistent and hits his spots and throws strikes and maybe doesn't throw too many strikes, uh, Emmanuel Classe, you know, could be one of the better relievers in, in the American League in, in the next couple of years. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting what Carl Willis said uh, Sunday morning, uh, you know, after the air, you know, after everything was kind of spinning out of control, they still got two outs. He's got, uh, he's got, uh, you know, Winker, Jesse Winker, 0-2. And he said, you know, if he, if he bounces a slider there, the game's probably, probably over. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but he threw a fastball, I think. And, uh, you know, he, he, you know, Winker singled, passed the shortstop and, and drove into tying run. So I think we're, we're seeing class a, you know, learning how to, 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 to handle that closers position and also learning how to pitch, you know, to, to, you know, just to the, the strategy of pitching, because you can't, I mean, even though you're throwing 101 miles an hour, you know, it's good to, it's good to have a secondary pitch. I think. Yeah. hundred miles an hour straight is still a hittable pitch. Uh, according to a, a major league against a major league hitter, you got, Got to remember, everybody in a major league lineup is still a major league hitter. Uh, all right, looking forward, uh, you mentioned this, this basically this homestand, the, the longest homestand of the year for the Indians. Uh, great, great scheduling, scheduling the longest homestand of the year in April when there's a snowstorm in the first couple of games. 
the White Sox, Yankees, and Twins come to town. Maybe the Twins come to town if they're over their COVID issues. Oh, uh, yeah? The, the, I didn't know. Did they have COVID? Oh, they've had a whole bunch of, uh, of games suspended here. Uh, I believe they're out on the West Coast right now. Oh, that's but, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If they're gonna if they're gonna make it here, uh, I would highly recommend wearing masks around them. <laughs> um, the White Sox come back, and we get a rematch of Zach Plesac and Carlos Rodon. I don't believe Rodon's even given up a run this year yet, and he certainly didn't give up a hit against the Indians last week. Uh, this should be a fun, you know, way to open up the homestand. And then you've got the Yankees coming in who are struggling. They're the, the record wise, are the worst team in baseball. So uh, there's a challenge here, but it's one that I think the Indians can can meet. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. They, you know, they've certainly, you know, as much uh, as much publicity as the White Sox, you know, received in the offseason, uh, you know, the Indians held their own against uh, Chicago and probably should have maybe, you know, won that they should have taken three out of four. They should have yeah. taken three out of four in that series. And uh, so. And, you know, the Yankees are, I can't believe the Yankees are five and 10. I, that, you know, somebody told me that I, I, you know, I don't know where I was. I'm just kind of, I don't even want to talk about it too much. I don't want to jinx it because I hope it just stays that way. That's right. It's fun watching all the national guys tweet about how terrible the Yankees are and how everybody's so upset and their fans are throwing baseballs onto the field. Oh, woe is me. I feel so bad for all the Yankee fans throwing baseballs (laughs) on the field. Yeah. I, if I could use more colorful language on this podcast, I would, but. And you've got and you've got the twins with uh, you know now with these COVID problems and you know they've what they've got uh, Buxton is hurt I think and he was off to such a great start and uh, Josh Donaldson and uh, the shortstop Simmons are are you know he's got COVID and Sim uh, Donaldson's got a hamstring pull so uh, you know maybe you get them uh, you know a little uh, below uh, below peak uh, peak efficiency. I'm, uh, if I'm the Indians, I'm not above taking advantage of, uh, a, you know, a Yankees team that's feeling down about itself and a Twins team that's dealing with COVID issues. Uh, I'm going to use every advantage I can to, to get as many wins as I can if uh, on this homestand for sure. Definitely. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you if the, if the situation was reversed. So you got to you got to take advantage to the, of the schedule that uh, that presents itself to you, the team's. Teams aren't always at full strength when you play them, and you're not always at full strength when you play them. All right. Well, we'll look forward to uh, being at the ballpark over the next, you know, maybe, ten, what, 10 days or so. Uh, we've got a, a, a long stretch there. Looking forward to uh, reporting on games from uh, Progressive Field, and we'll be there all week. Uh, Hoynes, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.